You're listening to TCRG to CEO Radio with your host, Courtney J. TCRG. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to TCRG to CEO Radio. I'm your host, Courtney J. TCRG, and it's great to be back for another week here in season two of the podcast. It's already episode number 19, and if you're new, big welcome, and if you are not new, welcome back. You can find me on Instagram at CourtneyJ underscore TCRG, or you can join our listeners-only private Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash TCRG to CEO. We have great discussions there every week as new episodes come out, and we have just awesome people hanging out there helping each other out with different issues that arise for different teachers and studio owners and people along their way there. So we'd love to have you in that group. Just make sure that you request to join and answer the questions that pop up. Now this episode is going to air, I guess that's the right word, on Sunday, April 14th, which is the first day of the Ankhamishun World Championships. So this is a super exciting season for all of the Irish dance organizations around the world as we have each of our individual world championships. And as a CLRG dancer and teacher, I'm going to focus this episode on the Ankhamishun World Championships. However, we wish all of our friends in Ankhogal and CRN and all of the organizations around the world the very best of luck at their world championships. So in CLRG, the world championships are following a very different format this year, and it's a big shakeup to what we're used to in terms of all of our major championships throughout the season. This is something that's never been done before on this big of a scale. So I definitely have thoughts about it and want to put out this episode to, number one, educate anyone who's following the championships about all the changes, and two, just to put out my thoughts about the new format. And of course, we will be discussing this in the Facebook group. So if you'd like to join the discussion and add your own thoughts, we'd love to have you there. I'll make sure I put all the links down in the show notes so that you can just go ahead and click from whatever platform you're listening on today. So the changes to these world championships have been in the works for quite some time, and a double recall system was suggested back in 2016. Initially, they had proposed that the world qualifiers would dance all of their dances, meaning real slip jig, treble jig, hornpipe for the girls, and then set dances. The boys obviously would do both hard shoes and then their reel. And people were quite shocked at this, and there were... A lot of different opinions going on back then. Nothing was really set in stone. And then many, many meetings later of all of the uh, CLRG officials. And eventually we got the system that is in play right now uh, in Greensboro. So the reasoning behind these changes were the increasing numbers of qualifiers, obviously as the number of qualifiers around the world increases based on the number of Aractas entries in each region, the number of dancers in each competition get higher, and we were running into the problem of not being able to find venues to accommodate us, and also being able to fit the championships into an eight-day period, and I think we're lucky that this year happened to fall in Greensboro. Perhaps it was planned that this system would get tested here because I find that it is a very American-style venue 
uh, oriented plan. So I'll discuss that a little bit later. Now, CLRG did put out a briefing notice that you can find on their website, um, clrg.ie, and then just go to the World Championships tab. It says that the dances for the World Championships will be the same as all qualifying events that would preceded it, meaning the Aractas in your region, your secondary championships, so the NAIDC or the Great Britons, All Scotlands, whatever your secondary was that year, and the All-Irelands. So this also means that world qualifiers did not have to prepare all of their core dances, only the two and their set dance that they would have done at their qualifier. They are having the youngest age group, the under 11s, operate under the quote-unquote old system, meaning just the three rounds rather than the five rounds. And then ages under 12 and up, although when this was briefed, it was questionable whether that under 12 age group would go under the old or the new system. But in any case, the older age groups would go in a new system over five rounds or heats as they're calling them. So the dancers will dance rounds one and two, hard shoe and soft shoe as we've always known them to be, on day one. And after day one, there would be no results published. However, a list of those who qualify for the second day would be published. Now, they've broken out the number of people that would advance to day two. If there are under 30 competitors, 75% would recall for day two. And if there were 31 to 60 competitors, 50% would advance to day two. And in most competitions, we would have 61 plus, at least for the girls. There would be a 50% recall for day two. Then once we get to day two, the competitors would dance the final rounds, which in this case are the first round, whether it was your treble jig or your hornpipe, again on day two your reel or slip jig again on day two. And then finally, there would be an additional recall where another percentage of competitors would dance their set dance. So the number of competitors dancing their set dance, if there were under 60 competitors or 60 competitors and under, all will dance their set dance. And if there are 61 plus competitors, two thirds will dance the set dance based on the day two cut. So I know that the numbers can be a little bit confusing, and hopefully you can follow along this week uh, in Greensboro and be able to kind of follow that way. But this system essentially creates a quarterfinal, meaning where you get to dance rounds three and four, and then your eventual like final level getting to your set dance. So What I like about this is it does create different tiers of aspiration. Uh, You might have a dancer who's maybe attending their second or third world championship and maybe making the final set dance recall is still a little bit far-fetched. They can at least hope to advance to day two to be able to dance rounds three and four. And that would definitely make them feel confident and achieved. Um, and I do like that they are going to recognize the competitors that make it to day two so that they do feel like they have achieved some level of success at the world championships. 
Another note from their briefing, it says that the medal winners from the previous year, meaning your world medal holders, will be split evenly between the heats to avoid the creation of a perceived easy split. And this is something that gets talked about at every single North American championship. Uh, When it was back in birthdays, there were heavier splits and lighter splits perceived to be more difficult or easier. And I really, really like the seeding of competitors so that it is perceived to be fair. And a system will be devised to allow complete random allocation to either side of the split to ensure that competitors will not always dance against the same people each year in rounds one and two. So really all this means is that they're aware of dancers who will qualify each year that are not world medal holders yet, making sure that they are randomly allocated every single year Um, So they're reshuffled so that way if you dance in split A one year with Susie and Kara, you will not all be in split A again year after year. So I like that. In terms of the judges, the heats rounds one and two, you will have five rotating adjudicators that will adjudicate each split over the course of the two rounds. So for example, panel A will adjudicate heat A in their hard shoe and then heat B in their soft shoe and then vice versa. And then in rounds three, four, and five, there will be rotating panels of seven. So in the end, if you make it to round five, you will have been seen by 31 adjudicators, which I, this is one of my favorite parts of the whole thing. Um, This is a lot of different eyes, and I think this will eliminate a lot of the perceived politics or the idea that one high score can really kill you or one low score can really kill you because over 31 different judges, it really dilutes each judges score so that you really can't be pulled up or down by a few numbers. Um, It really will level the playing field. And I really like that they are trying to overcome this problem in, in this way. And we get the rotating panel set up, which a lot of people do prefer for fairness. Um, For me personally, I feel like a set panel chooses the best winner. However, If you're rotating the judges over five different rounds, I have confidence that the best dancer will win. Um, So I really, really like that adjudication setup. Another note on judging, the results from rounds one and two will have no impact on the final result except to be used to calculate the recall for rounds three and four. So essentially all this means is that if you make it to day two, it's a blank slate. So obviously, if you've made it to day two, your results from rounds one and two are probably pretty good, but those will get taken away from you and you will have to start fresh on day two, which means you really do need to bring it again. So the next note confirms that only ages under 13 and up will dance over the five heat system and the younger age groups under 11 and under 12 will only dance the three rounds as we are previously accustomed to. If you're curious on different recall numbers, they've included a handy dandy little table with 
last year's uh, entries in Glasgow so that you can see the number of recalls that year, the number of recalls there will be in the new system, and the number of metals as well, because I know the percentages and things like that that we were talking about before can be a little confusing, especially if you're following just by audio. And this way you'll get to see it all written out. So I highly suggest that you check out the official briefing document that CLRG has put out on their website. Since it includes all of the updates in the period of time they went from deciding that they were going to do this to the different additions and updates they've made along the way, um, there's a part that talks more about the seeding of world medal holders and then other dancers. So the way that all of the other non-metal holder dancers will be seated or split between the two sides are all other competitors will be required to submit their date of birth and these will be placed initially in date of birth order and then name order for dancers with the same birth dates. This order will be numbered one upwards. All odd number competitors will go into the odd side of the split, meaning numbers 101, 103, 105 and all even-numbered competitors into the even side of the split, meaning 102, 104, 106, etc. So what they've done is they've made one set of competition numbers that can be used over all five rounds. However, you know whether you're in split A or split B for day one by your competitor number. So if you are competitor number 117, you know that you're going to be in the A split because you have an odd number. And then whoever makes it to day two, you'll go right back to that same list. And whoever makes it to day two, obviously there will be dancers missed. Uh, You'll dance with those people, which means you'll probably dance with different people on day two, which is nice too. Um, I like that aspect of this. So that means the dancers will keep the same number for the duration of the championships. And once the recall is made after rounds one and two, the recall dancers will merge for rounds three and four. So that's a good logistical thing that they thought of ahead of time. I think it's the simplest for people to follow both the dancers and the parents and um, for spectators as well. Although I can imagine on day two, it could be confusing for stagehands and even the judges, as usually we are used to during the heavy and soft shoe rounds, the competitors going in order, except for, you know, a handful of dancers that aren't dancing for whatever reason. So when the announcer calls out before each pair, you know, now dancing numbers 117 and 119, there is no competitor 118. I'm curious to see what they'll do about that, whether they're going to announce the 50% that aren't there, or I couldn't see how it might be confusing for stagehands to manage who's missing versus who hasn't recalled. Um, So that's something that I'll keep an eye on throughout the week. And just a couple more notes in the CLRG document before I get to just my own thoughts. It says, at the quarterfinal stage, while the odd side of the split dance their hard shoe three at a time in front of panel A, the even split will dance their hard shoe three at a time in front of panel B. We kind of already talked about this, but it confirms that the results of these rounds, meaning rounds one and two, will be computed dropping the high and the low. So not only do you get your rotating panel, you also get the high and the low scores dropped, which I think is nice when there are fewer adjudicators in that first day. And then 
I am interested to see whether that means three at a time for all age groups, including the older age groups, which are usually accustomed to dancing two at a time. So we will see what that has in store for those older age groups as well. All right, so now we get to my thoughts, and I apologize for reiterating any of the thoughts that I kind of sprinkled in along the way. Let's start with what I like. On the whole, I feel like this seems very fair, and the reason I say that is because of having so many different judges' eyes on each dancer, the combination of rotating panels and the dropping of the high and low, I like that seating the world medal holders into the splits makes it a quote-unquote fair or even split across each side. I like that each split sees the same judges over the two rounds, so it's not like you can say that one panel was looking for something that the other panel wasn't, and because you didn't have that one, they didn't like you. Ultimately, each side is seeing the same judges, so they are apt to like the same things, and overall, it just shows that they have really put a lot of thought into this, and that it has been pretty well uh, thought out. So I like that, and I hope that that translates into a smooth running event with good operations, good logistics, no hiccups, all of that. I'm, I'm really crossing my fingers for that. What I don't like, um, there's, it's not really a long list, but I really don't love the back-to-back competition days. I uh, For logistics, I understand why, and I know that there was some outcry just about having to book two, you know, two nights of hotels or two different sets of hair and makeup appointments and all of that. So I understand that it's easier or more affordable for the dancers to compete back-to-back days. However, from an athletic standpoint and for the best interest of the dancers, or in this case, I'm just going to refer to them as athletes, I hope that it's not too much for people. And I hope people don't think this comes off as uh, sounding really dramatic or anything. But if you look at other high-level sports, uh, it's very rare that at a competition of this level or of this prestige that they would compete back-to-back days. I'm a big gymnastics fan, and it doesn't really matter what level of gymnastics it is um, at the college level and at the uh, Olympic level, the world level, the competitors always have a rest day in between their competition days. So even something at their world championships where they might compete five different days, it's always split over essentially 10 days so that there's a rest day between every competition day. And like I said, I understand why this might not be feasible, um, but I hope that the dancers have found a way through the mock worlds earlier in the year or just different back-to-back feshes, how to manage their bodies and how to manage the mental fatigue that comes with competition. Because even though dancers are used to going to class back-to-back days or frequently throughout the week, uh, it's different when you compete because you have a lot of mental strain that you might not be carrying into dance class with you. And I think that might be something that's overlooked in this uh, plan. 
And I'm hoping that there is a way for either teachers to provide feedback to CLRG or there is a way for dancers to directly give feedback on this format because I think the older age groups in particular uh, may find the back-to-back competition days challenging. Um, Not to say that they are weaker athletes by any means, but obviously your body changes as you get older and it is harder to compete back-to-back days at your optimum level because obviously this is the world championships everyone wants to be competing optimally and dance their very best over all five rounds so that's just something that I it's it's not not for me but we will see how it goes I am going to keep an open mind and I look forward to talking to different dancers when they come back and just something that remains to be seen it's a question mark it's not a dislike or a like about this format, but I'm very curious to see what CLRG's plan is to have this new format work in our usual venues, meaning Belfast, Glasgow, Dublin, where we're really used to having one main stage and then a smaller set dance hall kind of off to the side. So this format seems very well suited to an American style venue where it's more Uh, convention center or ballroom style where we have four or five different main stages and I really am struggling to think of a venue outside of the U.S. and Canada where this could run this way so next year when the world goes back to these type of venues I'm just curious to see how that's going to work especially when one of the goals is to keep it within the eight days Uh, I could definitely see it working over a longer period of time, but then that poses its own challenges. So that is something that just remains to be seen. And maybe they're kind of using this American hosted worlds as a testing ground. So that way, if it goes terribly wrong and they never want to do it again, they're not locked into it for the smaller venue next year. But we'll see. It's all part of the fun and excitement. So Obviously, you can follow along the action on feshresults.com. They post the results every evening after the results are given. And there are many Instagram accounts, probably more that you're familiar with that even I am, that will post photos and results and recalls and all that fun stuff. If you're like me, you like to have a sneaky nose around the VOI boards just because they do have information there. Don't post and be a troll, but you can find information and lurk. And we will definitely be discussing everyone else's thoughts on this in our Facebook group. And we'd love to have you there. If you are in Greensboro, traveling to Greensboro, or dancing later this week, we wish you the very best of luck. And I hope everyone has a joyous and successful worlds. And I'll catch you next week on TCRG to CEO Radio.